0: Amen. All right. Well, hey, uh, recently there was a church who had to look for a new pastor. You know, it happens from time to time. And so when a church typically needs to look for a new pastor, what do they do? They launch the pastoral search committee, 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 committee. You know, it comes out like that, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Well, folks, I'll tell you what, uh, wait, wait till you see what this uh, pastoral church committee, obviously some are better than others. Wait till you see what their criteria was for picking a new pastor. It's not good. Okay, but let's take a look at this one. First of all, they tried out this guy named Noah. And they said, well, you know what? He, he's got 120 years of preaching experience. That's good, but he ain't got no converts. So we'll pass on that guy, right? Moses, um, pfft, the guy stutters, man. And, and his, his former congregation says he loses his temper over trivial things. We can't hire that guy, no way. Hey, Abraham, all right, listen. He took off to Egypt during hard times, man. And we heard that he got in trouble with the authorities and he tried to lie his way out of it. We can't pick that guy. Or David. Hey, listen, he is unacceptable, his moral character. He, he might have been considered for the minister of music had he not fallen, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to pass on him. And, and Solomon, hey, he's got this reputation for being wise, but he fails to practice what he preaches, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to skip him too. And, and Elijah, hey, he is totally inconsistent, and he's known to, known to fold under pressure. That's not the pastor we want. We 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 can't hire him. Hey Hosea. Hey, his family life is in shambles. He got divorced, then he remarried to a prostitute. No way. We're not even gonna look at that guy. Hey, Jeremiah. He's just way too emotional. He's loud and he's an alarmist. I'll just let that sink in. Uh, and some say he's a real pain in the neck. You know what I'm saying? Just one of those guys. Uh, Amos. Hey, he does come from a farming background. That's kind of cool, but he, he'd be better off just picking figs. You know what I'm saying? He would never make it as a preacher. Uh, John. Hey, he is a Baptist. Woohoo! But you know what? He lacks tact, and he dresses like a hippie. You know what I'm saying? He can't no way. In fact, you know what? He wouldn't feel comfortable in our potlucks. Because he's eating all that weird vegetarian stuff and and things, you know. Peter, hey, he's got a bad temper. He was even heard to deny uh, deny uh, Jesus Christ publicly. And Paul, hey, he's got no tact either. In fact, he's too harsh. His appearance is contemptible, and besides, he preaches way too long. And you can't have that, okay? Hey, uh, Timothy, he's got potential. He's young, but he's way too young for the position. So we got to skip over him. And, And how about this Jesus guy? Now, listen, he tends to offend church members with his preaching. And he's just way too controversial. In fact, he even offended the search committee with his pointed questions at us. I ain't going to that. But here's the good news, folks. We did find one guy. He seemed to be very practical. He was cooperative. He was good with money. He cares for the poor and he dresses so well. And so we'd all agree that he is just the man we're looking for our senior pastor. You know what his name is? Uh, it's just Judas Iscariot. <laughs> <laughs> man, that would be funny if what? It weren't so true if you understand what's going on in some churches today, okay? Uh, but how many guys can appreciate the classic saying for God so loved the world that he did not send a committee? right you know what I'm saying shoo we okay but here's my point what was the problem with that pulpit committee that search committee man obviously they had no stinking idea what they were doing right i mean that was obvious okay but unfortunately folks did you know that churches today not only apparently have no idea what they're doing listen they don't even know who they are on top of that okay why because they're walking around acting like they got this thing called practical amnesia oh we say we know who we are of course i'm a christian I know who I am. Turn to somebody and say, I know who I am. <laughs> All to be, thank you for the participation today. That's right. But anyway, excuse me, no, we, we say that, oh yeah. But listen, half the times with our lips and our lives, what are we doing? We're walking around, act like we don't even know who the church is okay as we've been seeing it's not just detrimental in our walk with christ it keeps other people from coming to christ so to avoid this atrocity of you and i as christians living like we got this practical amnesia not knowing who in the world we are as the church we're going to continue our study from the word of god on us the people of god the character of the church now by way of recap why do we do that it's a teaching technique. That's right, Pastor Thomas. It's a teaching technique, right? Uh, by way of recap, we've already seen that the church, if we're going to get rid of this practical amnesia, we are the body of Christ. Why is that important? Because that tells us it's not a building. The church is not a place we go, it's us and also we belong to Jesus, not us. He calls the shots, okay? The second thing we saw that the church was a body of one. This should be the great, uh, wonderful witness we give to everybody that comes to our midst. No matter who you are, what you've done, what's your background, what size, what color, what shape, we're all one in Jesus Christ, amen? That's something awesome. The third thing, we're a body of hope. There are no hopeless situations because God's always on the throne, okay? And that we shouldn't always be in that uh, thing of despair or whatever. There's always hope in Christ, no matter what you're going through in life. The fourth thing we saw was a body of joy i'm just so excited being a christian (laughs) pastor billy i can't wait to get here today are you kidding me hey i don't know about you but just this whole synopsis of that sermon if anybody glad you're not gonna burn forever in hell Woohoo! Yeah, kind of keeps you a smile on your face, right? And that's the impression we need to give to people. And then if you hear last time we saw the fifth thing is the church is to be a body of love. But unfortunately, we saw the bad news, ma'am. You look at the American church today, let's be honest. We are acting loveless when the Bible says we should be so loving. Why? Because we refuse to love the needy. Listen, we refuse to love our enemies, and this one I can't get I can I still can't get over this. We refuse to love God's family our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on, of all three, that's gotta be the easiest one. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case. And it's, it's not just an issue, well, sorry, Pastor Billy, I'm not being a very loving Christian. No, no, no. You gotta understand, our world is watching us. Did you realize that, Christian? We're in a fishbowl, man. Everybody's watching. They may not tell you, but they're watching, right? And it's not just that we're ceasing to be a body of love. What are we doing? Hey, come to Jesus. Be a part of the church. It's wonderful. It's great. Be like us. A body of what? A body of greedy, vengeful, hate-filled people. Woo, yeah. Let's be honest, man. If that's all I ever saw from Christians, I wouldn't want to become one. But Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples when you what? When you love one another. We need to get back to basic biblical Christianity. But that's not all. I'm still preaching, so guess what? There's got to be more. Pastor Tom, two for two. Get out of my notes, will you? Uh, there, that, you're right, man. The sixth thing, man, we need to know about the church, if we're going to stop acting like we've got this practical amnesia, is we are a body of, just even saying it's cool, peace. peace. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's amazing. Right, Doug? Yeah. Okay, let's speed it back up. Okay, uh, open your Bibles to John 14. This is cool, man. God gives us so much. He not only gives us his joy. He not only gives us his love. He gives us his peace. Not from this world. That's a bunch of baloney. That's a false peace, man. But Jesus gives us his peace. I didn't say he did. John 14. Let's go ahead and stand as we read John 14, verses 23 through 27. And it's in red, so that's right. It's coming from Jesus, for those of you who don't know. Stalling enough time, but let's get there. John, of course, was written by. John okay you guys are awesome John 14 verse 23 what does Jesus say yet another fantastic gift that he gives us on top of saving us right here's what he says verse 23 Jesus replied if anyone loves me what will you do he will obey my teaching hey you love Jesus then guess what how do you demonstrate it by doing what he says, okay? In fact, he tells you this is what happens. He says, my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Woo, now that's intimacy. How many guys, I'd love to have an intimate walk with Jesus Christ. I wanna really get to know Jesus the best that I can before I ever get to heaven. I wanna know him and walk with him and, and enjoy his love and all that. How many you guys wanna do that? Praise God, 14 of you. We got room to, I'm glad you're here today. Okay, but no, then what do you do? You obey him. When you obey him because you love him, not because you have to, then that's a spillover effect. An intimate walk with Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? And it gets even better. It gets even better. He, can, he continues on and he says this. Now, oh, by the way, he who does not love me will what? They, you won't obey him. Oh, by the way, God's not deaf and blind and he sees in the dark. So you can sit there and say, I love Jesus, he means so much to me, I just can't stop, I love him, I love, really? Uh, uh, when you don't obey him, and you can give a rip about obeying him, and you're more concerned about yourself and this wicked world system, you don't love him. That's your acid test. And he sees it, and that's what he's saying. Well, let's flip it around, man, because when you say you love me, but you don't obey me, you don't really love me. I didn't say that. He says, now these words you hear, they're not my own, they belong to the Father who sent me. and, and So why am I telling you this? Here it is. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. And here it is, icing on the cake. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You may be seated uh, if you can there. But man, this is a great passage of scripture. The Bible tells us that Jesus, he not only promises us that you can have an intimate walk with Jesus Christ with the Father right now before you ever get to heaven if you just love him. How do you love him? How do you show it and not just say it? By obeying his teachings. There's not one command in the scripture that's bad for us. Hello? right and so when you walk in intimacy with god you obey what he says follow all his rules he knows what's best he knows what's right okay then you're going to have an intimate walk with jesus christ not only that he says he's going to send the holy spirit in case you forget something he's going to remind you he's going to be right there with you you're going to become his temple you talk about intimacy god is with you wherever you go he never takes a vacation from you he's with you every second of the day you can't get more intimate than being his temple isn't that awesome Right? But then he throws a third thing on there and he says, on top of that, I am going to give you my what? Peace, right? Okay, now this is what's cool. He, he gave you the alternative there. He says, don't let your heart be what? Troubled. It's uh, tarasso in the Greek, I believe. And it literally means just agitated. Aah. I said, everything ha, you're just wigging out, right? And, and, and then he says, don't be fearful. So think of what he's doing. Jesus is saying, you don't, listen, Christian, you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to walk around in life as a Christian. I'm talking before you get to heaven. He says, this is what I'm leaving behind for you. You don't have to walk around. You've got divine permission and power from God by his spirit. You don't have to walk around in life going, (laughs) that was weird enough for me to just do that in public. But he says, you don't have to live like that. Isn't that awesome? And then on top of that, notice what he says there. He says he didn't, well, I'm going to really consider someday, somehow, some way, maybe on Sunday, 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 I'll give you my peace. No, he didn't say that. Neither did he say, well, I'll tell you what. You need to grunt and groan. And if you can demonstrate to me how incredibly perfect you are, I'll think about giving you peace. No, you need to attend this conference. You need to buy these 14 books. You need to learn the 18-step path to get peace and then maybe I'll give it to you. He didn't say that. He said, I already gave it to you. Wow. Now, isn't that cool? I give you my peace right now. Peace, Rene in the Greek, as we saw before, literally means to be tranquil the absence of rage no longer at war peace rest you don't know how hard it is for me to talk this slow (laughs) now this is from Jesus and this is awesome I can walk around no matter what's going on in life and be at rest. I'm not even agitated. Fear, fear, smear. I'm tranquil in Christ. Now, isn't that awesome? Did I make it up? Did he say strings attached? No. He says, I give it to you. You've already got it. Okay? And so here's my point. I mean, surely we know this. Talk about a powerful witness to the lost right because what are they looking for our world is peaceless so they're trying to get it in a drug or something else or some behavior or some product or whatever and of course it never satisfies because you only get peace true peace from the prince of peace jesus christ right and so talk about a powerful witness i mean surely we know that every christian who's ever lived knows a basic proof of the church is we're a body of peace where people take a look at you and i and go whoa now look at those people. They are always calm, cool, collected. They never seem to get frazzled no matter what happens to them. They're always at peace. Woo! Can I have that? Well, you think so? We we, we should. That's what Jesus gave us. I'm not making it up. Okay? But the problem is, I don't think that's what we're doing. And let's be honest folks, you look at most churches today, it doesn't look like we're full of peace. It looks like we're falling to pieces. So my question is, what's what's going on here? What happened? How do we get off track? Why do we look so peaceless? Just like the rest of the world, when Jesus says peace, I give it to you. What happened? Well, that's what I want to discuss. I think the first reason why we look so peaceless is we forgot to be uh, to be confident in God. Did you know that God is kind of big? Did you know he's kind of wise? Did you know that he never makes a mistake and he doesn't have a plan B and he never has to say, oops, sorry about that. Didn't know what I was doing. No. So what are we freaked out over? He knows what he's doing. Be confident in God. And here's another absolutely amazing promise. He says, not only I give you my peace, he says, flip it around. You don't need to be anxious about some things. Or I'm sorry, wrong translation. About what? Anything. Now that's amazing. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Anxious, it's meromonao in the Greek. We've seen this before. It's the exact same word in the Greek in Matthew 6 when Jesus also says, do not worry. Same word here Paul uses, anxious. They're both So, And you know what that word means? In the root of it, it means consumed with self. Now that's a bombshell because think about that. When you get worried, when you get anxious, what's, what's going through your brain right now? You're consumed with yourself. Your self-circumstances, your self-situation. It could be Satan. And God says, don't be anxious. You want to be consumed with something? Be consumed with God. Why? Because his peace is going to pour out like you won't believe. I didn't say he did. Don't be anxious. Don't be consumed with yourself about nothing. But here's all you got to do, Christian. And everything, what do you do? Pray to God in prayer and petition with thanksgiving you present your request to God and then when you're done praying you just immediately go back to fretting and working out and freaking and going I don't know if he's ever gonna no he says you do that you be confident that God is God he knows what he's doing what do you here's the payoff and the what the peace turn to somebody and say it like this peace you gotta get it man and the peace of God which transcends all understanding that means guess what sometimes it doesn't make sense some people might look at you what's wrong with you how could you be so peaceful at a time like this join the rest of us he says no it transcends all understanding it may not make sense but God will give it to you you don't have to live like that way anymore and it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and you've got the, God's d- divine promise of peace. And then he flips it around and says, I'm giving you my divine permission. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious for the rest of your life before you get to heaven. Now that's awesome. And I'm just quoting Bible, right? But God says, you talk about some good news. I have divine permission from him to never, ever, 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 I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what's going on. I don't have to be anxious, over anything and what's our world today doing anxiety is at all-time high people are freaking out oh take this pill does it work no and god says in jesus nothing man you don't have to live like that anymore talk about freedom talk about a witness and the reason why is this because he says all you got to do is this he didn't say just stare at the wall and hope it works out great he gives you an action step The same thing in Matthew 6, when he says, don't worry about your life. Again, the same Greek word, merimenao. He gives you an action step in Matthew 6. You just seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, I'll take care of you. And Paul says the same thing here. You just pray in confidence that God's gonna provide for us. And when you do that, just walk away, enjoy the day in peace. (laughs) You can feel it, right? And so here's the point, man, who would resist this? It's like God just keeps shoveling more icing on top of the cake. It's, man, praise God, I'm not going to hell, but here's some more stuff. And here's something else I'm going to do for you. And he throws it. It's, it's, why would we resist this? And so surely we know this. I mean, we surely know, listen, that the peace of God is maintained. Listen, not by having perfect surroundings, because you can't. Because heaven comes later. This is not heaven. But peace is maintained by being confident in God who's in control of our surroundings. Did you know that God is never on the backside of Venus going, man, I'm telling you what, I have no clue what's happening to Nathan this week. Angels, I'm starting to get a little bit upset with you. Come on, it's been four days since I've had an update on him. I hope he's okay. Okay. He, he's, he's always with us. He knows everything. He works all things together for good. He's all powerful, all knowing, everywhere present. He's walking with us intimately. He knows. What, so why are you freaking out? And that's what he's saying there. Okay, peace of God is maintained not by having perfect surroundings, but being in confidence that God is in control of our surroundings. But folks, you look at the church today, that's apparently we, it's not that we just don't know this. I have people fight me on this. But, yeah, you don't understand. I have a right to worry. I have a right to be anxious. Why would you want to maintain living like that? And I'm not saying, well, it's just some pie in the sky. That's just, you're acting like it's not real. You don't, Excuse me? God said I don't have to. So why would you try to hold on to it? I just got to be this way. When Jesus says, no, you don't. I'm giving you something fantastic on top. And what is it? Peace. Hey, folks, we don't present our request to God and walk away in his peace. Mm-mm. We skip that part. We go straight to anxiety. I mean, again, even if we do get around to praying, and God, please help me with this situation. Amen. <laughs> He's, this is not just a slap in the face of God. But if we're honest with ourselves, we place our confidence in all kinds of things and we don't even think about it. And we act like, oh, I don't know know if I can trust God. I I mean, he's only the creator of the universe. He upholds and sustains all things. The last thing I recall, the very first verse of the Bible tells me he spoke the whole thing out of nothing and he is kind of powerful, but I don't know if he can handle my problem. And yet, we do all kinds of things in life. In this wicked world, man, we don't even drop a hat, man. We trust all kinds of things. Let me give you an example. We go to doctors whose names we can't even pronounce who's, listen, degrees we've never once verified, hope they're not a quack, whose prescriptions we can't even read. I'm always going like, man, what'd you do? Write that with your toe? What is that? And then we take him without question, okay, to a pharmacist we've never seen either who gives us a bunch of chemicals we've never heard of and then we go home and take him with instructions we don't even understand in faith. And yet you, somehow God doesn't know how to take care of your situation. (laughs) If we automatically have confidence in a doctor we don't even know, how much more should we have confidence in the one who created that doctor from head to toe? God is worthy of our confidence. And his character, he loves us, we're his kids. Don't you think he knows how to provide for us? I mean, he's just, God And because we don't immediately put our confidence in God, we not only miss out on the peace of God, but half the time we don't even acknowledge his provision in action while we're enjoying his provision for good reasons. One of the classic stories that demonstrates that is Corrie ten Boom, her sister Betsy. uh, They've been just transferred to the worst German prison camp to that point in their lives. This one was called Ravensbrück. And they, along with hundreds of other Jewish women, were stripped of their few belongings and they were forced in this little teeny tiny barrack. And that was bad enough, okay? Uh, it was not only cold and overcrowded. Listen, this particular barrack, it was totally infested with fleas. Oh, but by miracle of God, listen, they managed to smuggle in a little Bible. And so Corey and Betsy would read it as often as they could for encouragement. And one morning, they read the passage in the Bible that said, listen, to give thanks to God in all things. So Betsy told Corey that they needed to stop and thank God for everything, including the fleas. Because he's God, he knows what he's doing. Well, being frustrated and flea bitten, Corey refused to give God thanks for those fleas, but her sister persisted, persisted until finally Corey gave in begrudgingly. Listen to this. But the good news was that during those months that they spent in that flea infested barrack, These sisters were able to hold regular Bible studies to encourage many of the obviously hurting women there. And this, of course, was a huge risk because if the guards had caught them, they would have been tortured or killed. But for some strange reasons, the guards always left them alone. And that was, was, uh, and they found out several months later, the reason why. You see, the guards would never even think of going into that barrack because it was infested with fleas. Wow, it's almost like God knows what he's doing. I would say when all was said and done, those two sisters in Christ, they were glad that they gave thanks to God for those fleas. How about here? Now here's the good news for you and I, folks. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what kind of flea infested situation you're in, so to speak. But it doesn't matter. The principle, the truth of God's the same. We don't have to wait for an attack of the killer fleas to receive the peace of God. Just trust what he says, right? If you place your confidence back in God, guess what's gonna happen? I didn't say he did. You're gonna experience the peace of God no matter what happens. Why? Because God said so. It's his promise, not mine. Why would we resist? But hey, you don't wanna place your confidence in God as a Christian, be filled with anxiety, walk around. I guess that's your prerogative. I feel sorry for you, because you don't have to live that way. But I will tell you this, it doesn't stop with you. When you and I as Christians live like that, we're not just harming our walk with Jesus Christ, we're keeping other people from believing in Christ. You know why? Because stop and think about it, folks. We are not just ceasing to be a body of peace but we're acting like a body of worry I don't know is it going to work out I don't know God hey hey, be like me be a Christian be, God's so wonderful isn't it great don't you want to get saved <laughs> we're acting like a body of worry and let's be honest the lost aren't dumb folks if that's all the better that a Christian's God could do I wouldn't want to worship that God how about you there's a spillover The second reason why we look so peaceless, we've not lost our confidence in God. We've forgotten how to be content in God. He knows how to provide for us, folks. Okay? He'll take care of you. May not be what you want, but he'll take care of you. Okay? He knows what he's doing. You can be content. I didn't say that. Paul says that again. Watch this. Oh, by the way, when Paul's writing this, he was at the Taj Mahal. He was vacationing on a tropical island. He was taking a 15-week cruise to the Bahamas. Man, he, had a, he just inherited $14 million. He was in jail. Philippians 4, 11-13. I'm not saying this, Paul says, because I'm in need. What? Not in need, dude. You're in a stinky dungeon. For I have learned to be what? Content. What's content? Can I just break it down to you, the crone transversion, uh, translation? Peace. In action. Got it? It's not just once in a while, now it's become a way of life. I'm content. Peace in action. Whatever the circumstances. Yeah, see, you don't understand. No. I'm content. Even if I'm in jail. Have a great day. Right? I know what it's like to be in need. I'm not living pie in the sky. I'm not acting like this isn't going on. I'm not putting my head in the sand. I know what it's like to be in need. I know what it's like to have plenty. Whether I got it, I don't. Whether it's good times, high times, bad times, whatever label, Paul says that ain't the point. I have learned the secret of being what? Content, peace in action in any and every situation. You mean everything I go through in life? Uh Uh-huh, right? Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through who? Through him, God, who gives me the strength. I don't know if I'm going to make it, Pastor Billy. It's so hard, so difficult. God will give you the strength. Yeah, but I don't feel really strong. Are you unplugged from him? Are you obeying him? Or are you out in this wicked world system? How's your walk with Jesus Christ? Go back to the first text. If you love me, you keep my commandments. When you follow my commandments, which are all for your good, guess what? You have intimacy. And in that intimacy, I will give you not only peace, I'll give you the strength to make it through anything in life. And then it becomes a way of life. And I'm content. Whatever the circumstance, I don't need to freak out. Why? Because just like Paul learned, God only gives us strength no matter what happens. Paul realized that you know what? Again, God knows what's best for us. Oh, well, it didn't say it's your favorite thing. Didn't say it'd be easy, didn't say it'd always be comfortable. But it really is what's best for us. So why freak out? Why get troubled Why get full of anxiety or worry God knows what he's doing you can be content and again so we this is basic Christianity how many times have we read that verse I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me but do we live it this is basic Christianity surely we know that the peace of God is maintained not in getting all we want for us but being content that God will give us what's best for us and so hey have a great day and live like this peace in action Wow. And think about it. Should we not be content? What more does he have to do for us to be content? I mean, does, don't you think he knows what's best for us? I mean, he's just God. Now, let me give you some examples because we always play that game, but you don't understand. You don't know my problems. I just, uh... God always knows what he's doing Listen, even in the troubles Listen, he purposely allows to come your way <laughs> That was pretty cool <laughs> He does You realize that Now let me give you some of that, that proof of that I'm going to share with you Even the trivial things folks you're thinking, man, uh, stop lying. I can't, I just, I can't be content. Or, the kids, and they did this, and they went, or that person, they did they work, and they, I couldn't. Have, I was behind the cash register, and that lady paid him pennies again. I can't take it all. Even the trivial things are not by chance. You still don't have to get out of that way of life of being content. But let me give you some of that evidence. With the, And this is all true stories. What happened to these people on 9 11? I think they appreciated the troubles they went through on that day. Why did they survive? Well, here's some actual encounters, folks. One person was late that day because his son started kindergarten. Oh, man, I tell you, these school programs, they never start on time, man. I got work to do, don't they realize? I got I can't be content, ah! I bet that person was glad. Uh, 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 Another fellow was alive because it was his turn to bring the donuts. Oh, great. I was already running late. I got the phone call. Bob, sure, to bring donuts. Ah, sure, I'll do it. <sighs> I can't be content with this. I can't. Oh, you're alive today because you had to bring donuts. True story, folks. One woman was late because her alarm clock didn't go off in time. This crazy stuff. I'll never buy stuff from. You know the place. <laughs> I can't be content. I can't. This stuff is always breaking down. <sighs> Yeah, you better be glad your alarm clock didn't go off. One person's car wouldn't start. I mean, last time I go to that mechanic, he told me he was gonna work. I get I get ah! He's still alive today because of that. One person was late because they got stuck in the New Jersey Turnpike because of an auto accident. Ah, I can't take it. I already get up an hour early. It's traffic, 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 traffic. I can't take it. Ah! You're alive today because of traffic that God purposely allowed for you to save your life. One guy missed his bus. Public transit. Oh, I tell you what, I paid taxes for this stuff. And I, just, I can't be content with this. Ah! God knows what he's doing, folks. One lady spilled food on her clothes and had to take the time to change. It's always that way. That's just my luck. I'm just always one of those people. Every time I'm in a hurry. Ooh! I can't be content. Yes, you can. You can say, oh man, what a bummer. God, you must have a reason for this. He did for that lady. One person had to go back in the house to answer the telephone. Why do you always call as soon as I get off the door? I can't be content. I'm busy. I can't take it. Watch this. One person had a child that dawdled and didn't get as ready as soon as they should have. Those kids. Every time I'm in a hurry, what do they do? They always seem to go slower, twice as slow. They turn into a human slug. As soon as I say hurry up, hurry up, they go. They take their time. I can't take it. That person's alive. Because that child took their time and one person couldn't get a taxi. Oh boy, they're always there when you want one, when you don't want one. But now you gotta got one and you can't have And one man, listen, put on a new pair of shoes that morning, but since they were new, he developed a blister on his foot, and so he had to stop at the drugstore to buy a band-aid, and that's the only reason why he's still alive today. But our problems are completely different. Yep. Only for those people does this work. Only for those people is God paying attention to. Yes, that's right. We are in our own giant bubble that God cannot see nor pierce. And we're just flying around this universe because he doesn't care for us. And that's why we can't be content because, ah, ah. Folks, I'm even down to the point acknowledging God's sovereignty. Me personally, I'm not saying this to boast or anything, but I just bring it down practical. I'm busy. A little bit. (laughs) And I'm, man, I'm, I'm, trying to get places I got deadlines I got schedules I got all kinds of stuff and, but I'm at the point where you know what if I didn't make it that light and you know what light that is it's the one light on your way to your commute if you miss that one oh I'm at the point where it's like thank you God because I don't know what would have happened if I made it through that light peace in action. It's called contentment in everything. I, I, but I would say that those people, and here's the problem, it's always after the fact, isn't it? But those people appreciated those trivial problems that morning, right? And, and, but here's the good news for you and I. We don't have to wait for somebody to frankly blow up our workplace as horrid of that event as it was in order to receive the peace of God. Right now, Christians, if you just would take God at his word and he's trustworthy, and determined to be content in God, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to experience the peace of God no matter what happens. Why? Because God says so. It's His promise, it's His divine permission. I can be content in all circumstances. I don't care if it's high, low, bad, ugly, put a label on it. I don't care. I don't have to live like that anymore. <gasps> but hey, if you don't want to trust God and be content in Him, be wigged out your whole life, that's your prerogative. I feel sorry for you. You don't have to live like that. But folks, you need to understand there is a horrible side effect. When you and I live like that, we're not just harming our walk with Christ. We could keep somebody from coming to Christ because they're watching us. Right? And you're like, hey, Jesus is so wonderful. Just come to him and and receive his joy and his peace and his love. And you've got to become a Christian like me. And, And you're stressing out everywhere you go. And if that's all the better a so called Christian's God could do, and I'm watching that, would you want to worship that God? No. No matter what goes on in life, now that's a witness. Because our world's looking for it. But they're looking for it in all the wrong places. And you and I just enjoying this gift of peace that God's given us is a profound witness. But we just got to get back on track, amen? The third and final one is we look peaceless because we've forgotten how to be courageous in God. <laughs> look at that picture. Look at that picture. Isn't that how you feel when somehow you lost your way, the GPS went nuts, and the next thing you know, you find yourself in the drive through at KFC? <laughs> That's how I would look. But you don't have to live like that. You can be courageous in God. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus did. What a concept. Let's go back to John, this time chapter 16. Two chapters later, after he says, I give you my peace. Here's what he says, 28 and 33. I came from the Father and entered the world. And now, I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Oh no, he's going to leave us alone. Oh. No, keep reading. I have told you these things. so What? He says it again. In me, you may have what? Let's say it correctly, please. Peace. Wow, that's great. Right? Why? Why can we be at peace even though we don't see him right now? Right? Because in this world, you will what? Oh, you're gonna have trouble. But take heart, I, Jesus, have overcome this world. So you can be at peace. Man, this is another great promise. Talk about some good news. No matter what trouble we may face in the world, we can still have peace in this world before we even get to heaven. Why? Because Jesus is in control of this troublesome world, which means we're still here in this troublesome world with troubles he said are gonna come, but we don't need to freak out because therefore that means he's also in control of our troubles ourselves. What? You mean to tell me that God will purposely allow difficulties in the Christian life and he's doing something fantastic with it? Go back to our study 10 weeks on the sovereignty of God. We dealt with 20 different reasons. But Jesus is just saying, listen, you don't have to freak out. Take heart. You can be courageous no matter what you're going through in life. I didn't say it'd be easy. I just told you it's going to be some trouble sometimes. Sometimes. But take heart, he's overcome this world. And so we surely notice that the peace of God, listen, is maintained not in having a trouble-free life. You can't. Talk about a pipe. And Jesus just said, you will have trouble. So what's this idea? That somehow, some way, I can orchestrate my life so that I can never have a trouble in the whole thing. And of course the world's out there, right? If you just have enough money, you can get rid of your troubles. If you just be popular, enough you can have no troubles. If you just get this great job, you can have no troubles. If you can get this and that, if you can buy this stuff and if you We're not buying into that lie, are we? He says you're going to have troubles. But you don't have to freak out and be afraid. Take heart. He's in control. Well, folks, that's not what we're doing. We're not being strong and courageous through thick and thin. We get freaked out and scared over the slightest whim. And I want to bring it home as we close, because we always, typically, unfortunately, say this. And I say this all the time. Why would you resist this? I'm just quoting Bible. Am I making this up? Did I get this from Reader's Digest? Is this just Pastor Billy making it up because he's just trying to cope with life? I'm just reading the Bible. Why would we resist this good news? I don't have to live freaking out, wigged out, worried, stressed, fearful, oh, anymore. I don't need a drug. I don't need to spend any money. I don't need to go in debt. I don't have to buy this thing or that doodad. I don't have to wait five years till I get this degree. I don't have to hold one to get a raise. I can live like this right now. Why would we resist it? We not only resist it, but oftentimes we'll do this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe for you. Yeah, if that's God, tell him I love him, right? (laughs) Yeah, maybe for you. But see, here it comes. You don't understand my troubles because my troubles are so big, they're bigger than God. (laughs) Now, see, we don't say that, but that's what we act like, isn't it? Folks, I don't care how ugly of a situation it might be. The scripture is clear. Nothing enters the sphere of our lives without God's divine permission. And if it enters the sphere of our life, he's got something fantastic for it. You just trust him in the midst of it and
1: be at peace.
0: My favorite example is what happened to our Christian brother in this circumstance. Watch this. This is cool. In
1: 1971, I was in Vietnam. I was in my um, mid-twenties. And my interpreter was a 17-year-old fellow by the name of Pham Hien. H-I-E-N. I hadn't seen him from 1971. Next time I spoke to him was 1988. 17 years later, he doubled up on his life by now. I said, Hien, when he phoned me miles and miles away, my brother Rafi, my brother Ravi, I've missed you, I've missed you. We talked for an hour on the phone and then he visited me in in our home and spent time with our family. I said, Hien, what happened to you over all these years? He said, Ravi, you'll never believe if I told you the details. Let me tell you in a nutshell. Because I was a Christian, because I was an interpreter for the missionaries, because I interpreted for the American troops, I was one day arrested immediately and put me into prison. And As I was behind prison bars, they they gave me the writings of Marx and Engels, brainwashed me into disavowing God. For month after month, after one and a half years of sheer mental torture, I said, all right, I'm not going to believe in God anymore. I'm going to disavow that this God actually exists. And he said, and so what happened as I began to reflect upon those issues, try to think of all that was at stake, I said, all right, I'm not going to believe in God anymore. And I wake up tomorrow morning for the first time in my life, I'm not going to pray. And he didn't. That day, his command, his commandant, Put him in care uh, to clean up the latrines in the prison. He said it was horrible. The stench was awful, Ravi. He says I could barely stand it. And as I was cleaning those latrines in the prison, I looked at the waste paper basket. Forgive me for telling you how he shared it with me. He said I saw pieces of paper with human excrement on it. And I was emptying it into a bag when suddenly with the corner of my eye I had seen one of those was written in English. And I hadn't read English for so long now. I looked around when nobody was watching, washed away all the dirt from it and slipped that piece of paper into my pocket. I went back to my room that night, waited for all my roommates to go to sleep, and hidden under the mosquito net I fl- with a flashlight, I looked on that paper, piece of paper, and on the right hand side it said, Romans chapter 8. And I started to read, And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And he goes on, Who is He that condemns? Christ Jesus justifies. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine? He began to read and read and hence as the tears poured down my face. I got on my knees and said, Lord, you wouldn't even let me get out of your reach for 24 hours. forgive me next day I went to the commander and said do you mind if I clean the latrines every day (laughs) he went in every day and the commander had been given a New Testament by some missionaries a long time ago he was using it for toilet paper every day in the latrine he and would go wash the paper put it in his pocket bring it back he was collecting the whole of the book of Romans here in a prison camp in Vietnam Finally, they let him go and he was trying to escape. He built a boat with 53 others. Five Viet Cong came to him and said, You're trying to escape, aren't you? He says, No. Tell us the truth. You're trying to escape. He says, No. And they walk away. He says, Here I go, God, again. Trying to run my own life when you've showed me you are in charge. Forgive me. If they come to me again, I will tell them the truth. An hour before they were to depart, these men came back. Said, Ian, you're trying to leave this country, aren't you? He said, yes, what are you going to do? Put me back in prison. They took him into a room, shut the door and said, no, we want to go with you. (laughs) They got onto that boat and on the high seas, Ian said they would have been drowned. But these men were expert skippers and were able to move this boat ultimately to safety and to Thailand. Today he lives in California where he's finished his business degree serving the Lord in Christian ministry, remembering what God had done for him.
0: Remembering what God had done. And as you just saw, he put him up in this nice hotel, gave him all the luxurious. Things in life. He even had cable TV. Can you believe that? I mean, God thinks of everything. God is in control. What are you worried about? What are you freaked out over? What are you all anxious about? What are you all fearful about? What are you stressed about? What is there to stress about? As if God doesn't know what he's doing? Here's the good news. You don't have to wait until you find yourself in a communist prison camp before you receive the peace of God. But if today you would just get back on track, and we're just quoting Bible, and determined to be courageous in God, no matter what's gonna happen, because of what he said, then guess what? You're gonna experience his peace no matter what happens. Right? That's what he said. It's not my promise, it's his. But again, one last time, if you don't want to place your courage in God and be scared all your life, hey, that's your prerogative. But it doesn't stop with you. Because the lost are watching us. And how many of you guys would want to worship the so-called Christian God if Christians walked around acting like he didn't care, he didn't know what in the world he was doing, and he can't take care of his own kids? That's why they're all, "Ah." that's how the world lives. And this is just basic Christianity. Blessings from Jesus on top of our salvation that for some reason we resist. And it's a profound witness. Let's do it one last time. Peace. In action. Why would you resist that? You don't have to live this way anymore. Isn't that awesome? But again, that's why I say every week, man, if we can't stop playing church instead of being in the church, maybe it's time to get out of the church. We need to take this serious. Being a Christian, folks, is not a game. What we say, what we do, literally affects the eternal destinies of people around us. We have got to get rid of this epidemic called practical amnesia. We have got to remember who we are. We are not a bunch of worried, stressed out, fearful people just like this world. We belong to Jesus Christ. We're His body. We're a body of peace. Let's get out there and show them what they could have through Him. Amen? Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So, let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. uh, uh, Even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that's the same thing. uh, It's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what do we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I'm a a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step. To admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place. So that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God, both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, For instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, Uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us, this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive his pardon Through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven.